0: We greet you this morning in the precious name of Jesus, and it is indeed a blessing to be here. We're all at Bible school. I came here to learn, and the Lord is already doing that. From the message last evening, to the devotion this morning, to the last message we just had excited to take a look at this uh, book of First John and I'll just tell you I've been wrestling this week and last week and last month and grappling because as we do a book study I want to be fair to you as students and take a good look at the book. But you know, it's, it's sort of deceptive in a sense because, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those diagrams, one of those uh, illustrations where they show all the books of the Bible in size. And you know, you've got uh, Exodus and Leviticus and you've got the book of Matthew and they're kind of fat. And, but then you see this li- these little books. And 1 John is one of the smaller books. In fact, I was able to, I think, put it in uh, six-point type and get it all in one eight and a half by eleven sheet. As I was trying to uh, to do some marking and getting getting this as an overview in my head, and I'm not sure I've actually got that all done. Um, but the thing is, as we begin to look at this book, we see that. Uh, has many many very pertinent subjects and I think subjects that God wants to to sort of take the magnifying glass and hone in on and so I'm wrestling between overview and honing in overview honing in and I said a little something to the brethren last night about my wrestling and I'm sure you all were praying through the night but this morning I think the Lord gave some clarity um, and direction in this. Um, I'd just like to make, before we get started on this topic, I'd like to make some introductory remarks. You know, as we consider a, a study of a book, and this is the first time I've ever actually done this in five-message series or any message series for that, I Actually, actually took a, just one book of the Bible and studied it. But as we begin to do that, we begin to realize that the Word of God is tremendously dimensional. And we see that we just can't stay there. And I was, I'm so fascinated how the, the Lord is working already today because uh, if you take a look at the Gospels, the first three Gospels uh, have a lot of interaction one with another. But the fourth Gospel, the Gospel of John, is unique and it actually probably matches better with the book of 1st John and so what we'd like to do this week actually we're gonna spend some time I think where brother Denny said he was going to we'd like to to take a look at the book of John as compared to 1st John so I'm going to give you some objectives I've written down. I just want you to, uh, to know kind of what I have in mind, and we're going to obey the Lord this week and see where He wants to take us. But number one, I'd like you to go home with, with somewhat of a good mental overview of the book of 1 John. That, that's just a, a good practical goal. Secondly, I'd like you to go home with a whetted appetite to study this book further, because I'm telling you... We're just going to t- scratch the surface. And there are some very rich gems and, and uh, many, many things in this book, I think, that will bless your life as we go on. I just want to say something in this. Um, I'm not sure how this week will go, and I'm not sure how, you know, how it goes as we begin to hone in, and sometimes it just seems like our focus goes to one spot. If we miss some things and, and leave some things out, even in even mentioning them. Um, that's okay. Or possibly it's the other way. Maybe we're going to go deep, deeper than your mind can handle. Not that I'm such a deep person, but I know how these things are. And I remember going to my first set of meetings, um, consecutive meetings, and I thought, I must be really strange because I, about the second day, I started this stuff started running over the top. That's okay. Don't think you're strange. God has little nuggets for us. And uh, I think these messages are being recorded. And so we can go back and we can mine that later. But just, just don't freeze up. Just let God speak. You know, we came here to meet God. The third objective I have for you is I'd like uh, you to go home with a... At least a refreshed view, but possibly even the discovery of a new set of tools for your walk with God, for our walk with God. I have the same burden that Brother Denny expressed, that that somehow, even though we may be teaching some practical things, that this have application in our life and we'd like to the book of first john is is very impressive there's many important themes here but first john is a very practical book as well and it just has i mean we can just it's it's ready to use right out of the box we can just apply these things and it will show us many things number 4 more even than the details of teaching this week i have a burning desire that each of you will grow into trees of righteousness. Just like the first psalm. that, that you, are, you are trees, that you are growing up into God, that you are putting down root systems into the river of life, that this will just be another step on the journey. And that maybe even if you don't even remember very much about what was said in any of the sessions something inside a fire begins kind of like Grant was speaking last night Really? Do we have to settle for so much less? Can cannot a generation of young people rise up unto our God? And that's my that's that's probably my chief desire as we go through this week that somehow you will get something that will give you courage and enthu- enthusiasm in Theo that you can go on and we can go on, and we can be strong trees of righteousness, no matter what happens in our lives. number five, I'd like to uh, just just meet each of you and learn to know you better, and I think this is even part of what these meetings are about. It's establishing relationships that are a lifetime. I'd like you to feel welcome in three months or three years to pick up the phone and give me a call or me to do the same with you because we need each other. We are the body of Christ and God has designed that we aren't isolated little uh, people out here, but we are one body. So those are some objectives we'd like to take a look at this week. Now, moving on to this, uh, this uh, book, I'd like to just make a, an observation, and Brother uh, Denny mentioned that, that, that John, the Gospel of John, was written probably 50 years after Christ. And I didn't, take a, I didn't refresh my memory, but I think First John may have been written sometime uh, close to that, possibly after that. But, you know, I look at this book kind of like I look at uh, Revelation, and the specifically the first uh, four chapters of Revelation. Because in the Gospels, uh, there are a lot of words of Jesus. And it seems like our society and our world and our, uh, our uh, shallow Christian uh, perception these days wants to take these words of Jesus and even the person of Jesus and we want to make it say what we want, to, want it to say. And we want to come up with some conclusions uh, possibly by isolation or whatever. Um, and we, we just get us quite a gospel. But Jesus, it says, walked among the churches. And it's some pretty sobering words he had there. And I, I've just wondered before about our congregation at home as he as he walks there, would he even have that much good to say? But he walked among those churches, and he said, for example, I think it was a church of Ephesus, he said, you've done this right, and this right, and this right, but you've left your first love, and return quickly, lest I take your candlestick out. You know, I look at this book of First John, and I hope that I that God gives me utterance because it's 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 big and yet it's so practical we can just take a walk down through here and we'll just do that the best we can and let the spirit do the rest but there are just some things in here that we cannot escape He leverages you might say certain things in the in uh and we're going to walk down through those against one another. And we cannot escape. He tells us a lot of things about relationship with God. Um, I just want to make this mention also that the book of 1 John is very unique in this sense. That it's written, I would call it like a, in a looping sort of manner. He'll establish... Uh, a topics. Like in this first book, we're going to see the topic of uh, life. We're going to see the topic of fellowship. We're going to see the topic of light and darkness. We're going to see um, the topic of joy. And so we have, let's just picture these four circles. And he begins to bind them together in a certain way. And then we move on to another topic, or set of topics. And next thing you know, he's bringing one of these circles back in, and we're back in the loop again. And sometimes he says it uh, another way. I just wanted to give you that overview. As you study this book, it's written very uniquely. It's not as linear as as many of the other books of the Bible. Um, And it just takes, it's so simple. I've thought that so often as we go through uh, John 14 through 17, you know, I in you, and, and, the, and God in me, and, and it's just, it just all woven in together. And it's so simple, but it just, it's so complex. So I just want to challenge you as we go through this uh, book to uh, take some time, if you have any this week and, and in the future, just meditate on these beautiful truths. Another thing about 1 John is it's a doing book. He spends a lot of time saying, if you say, but you do not do, this is the situation. It's kind of exciting. We're doers, aren't we? And I think we've sort of been hornswoggled in the Christian walk uh, into thinking that everything is God's fault, whether we... Uh, fail or whether we succeed and God indeed has the, the most part of this work we cannot do his part for sure but this book is very encouraging because it gives us there's topics of assurance there's topics of of, uh, of knowing where we stand with God in certain things because uh, we have these measurement tools in a sense very encouraging that way. And the last point before we dive in here is just that I think First John meets the battlefront head on. And that's what we need today. We need to meet the battle and there is an intense battle being waged for our souls. I'm going to read If you want to turn to the book of 1 John, we're going to read 1 John 1 through 1 John 2 and verse 6. We'd like to focus on that little segment this morning as we uh, begin this talk. 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father." and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. This, then, is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But... If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, verily, in him verily, is the love of God perfected. And hereby know we that we are in him he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. You can turn your bibles to first or to the, the gospel of John chapter 1. We uh not so I think it was a couple years ago, we came up about, I don't know, probably about five miles from here, and I remember standing or sitting in this A-frame cabin, we were with my family, my brother uh, was out here and his wife, it might have been three or four years ago, I'm not sure, and uh, I'm not sure what time of year it was, but it was, it was probably s- snowing in the same fashion that it was raining yesterday. And these trees were just loaded with beautiful, soft piles of snow. I'm just going to use that as an illustration. Do you ever, uh, in your spirit or in your mind or in your body, do you ever just, uh, life is so real, life is so tangible, that you just wonder if this whole thing is just a story. I mean, I can see these beautiful things that are happening. I have incidents in my life. I go to work. I come home. I struggle. I battle. I go to church. I believe, really I believe. But sometimes... I tremble in my spirit. And I wonder, is this all real? Is God real? I know He's real. Or maybe it's like this. You know it's real. And you know it's true. And you know that there is power. You've experienced times of God before. But it just seems to get so intellectual. It seems like it's all in our heads. Like it's just people talking about these things. And sometimes I just I'm not experiencing God. You ever have that? I do. In fact, just preparing for these set of messages, I'm amazed at how frail our bodies and spirits and emotions are, and how how attacked we can be by the adversary. Let's turn here to the Gospel of John and just read this from a little different light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not there was a man sent from God whose name was John that was John the Baptist the same came for a witness But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, mind you. Even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received grace and. For grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. I just get this picture of John writing the epistle of First John. And he's well aware of what we just talked about. He's aware of of frailty of mind and frailty of body and frailty of belief, of faith. And somehow he just wants to get this across. How big this thing is that God, that God, the source of all life, was manifest. Was manifest. That word manifest means to render apparent. And God has been doing this all through time. You know, as he started out, as Brother Denny said, there was life, there was harmony, there was fellowship in the garden. I believe that God made the first Adam whole and in full fellowship with him. And as he sinned, the lights went out inside. He became a living body. But his spirit, his relationship, his connection, his koinonia that we're going to talk about in a little bit, was gone. And this thing has been restored through Jesus Christ. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. I think he might have. I'm not sure when John was chosen as a disciple. But you remember how it was there? I, I think we found the Master. I think the Messiah is here. And then it was, became real. We saw him. Have you ever wondered why it says that we have seen him with our eyes and then that we have looked upon him? I think they were gazing. Gazing at Jesus. The life our only hope, the light of men. For the life Excuse me. And our hands have handled this man we touched. We know he was real. He was among us. He, he has suffered in like fashion as we have. And this is life? I think the disciples struggled to grasp the whole thing. Even as he was here and they, as they, was, they were watching for him to set up a kingdom to destroy the Roman rule over them. And somehow it's just difficult to grasp. They believed it, and yet it was very difficult to grasp. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. You know, there's something about people that see life. They're declarers. They declare the life of God. And we see this pattern. We see it first in Jesus Christ. As we come down through here, we see that... uh, My eyes on it here. Here. That John says, and that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. Let's see here. Verse five This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. Did you notice there when we were reading in, in John chapter one that John the Baptist was a witness? And he made it very clear that he came to declare that I am not that light, but I come to bear witness to that true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. It's almost too big to comprehend, let alone explain, but I'd like to you to just, just meditate on that feature. The light, the life was manifested. The life came down. That's the whole premise, I believe, of our existence and of the book of First John. So, what is this? Fellowship. Let's read that again. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And that which we have heard, seen, and heard, declare unto you, that you may also that ye may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. This fellowship word is uh, the word koinonia. and the Greek means uh, partnership. That is literally participation or social intercourse, and that social inter that intercourse word means communication, commerce, or connection by reciprocal dealings between persons. You know when the life began to be manifested. And, and I don't know what all the brethren are going to get into on the, the, uh, the coming, uh, the advent of the Holy Ghost. But I'd like you to turn to uh, Acts 2, verse 42. And we can get just a little bit of a picture of what happens when the life is manifested. We're going to uh, jump up here in uh, verse 40, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. and the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, or koinonia, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. It's very interesting we see this package in 1 John. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and with singleness of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people." And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'd like you to turn a few chapters back to chapter 4 in verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Does that sound appealing to you? Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And the distribution was made unto every man according as that he had need. And Joses, who was by the apostles' surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of Consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land and sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now you may wonder why I'm going there. But this is the backdrop of where Brother Grant started last night. You see, the reason that hypocrisy was so terrible, I believe, was because of what it was being compared to. Now, often I just like to bring up this point, that the common purse, so often are, we, we think about that, oh, well, that's something old-fashioned, that's something uh, we did back then. you know, that didn't really work out for the Apostles. I think we're missing the point. The point was, there was something big happening in the church. There was fellowship. There was koinonia. There was, there was in theo, if you will. It's not the same word, I realize. But God was in man. And things were happening. And I think as they began to witness this thing happening in the church of God, these men just simply said, I don't know what it takes, but I want to be a part of that. Yes, I have some land here, Lord. Whatever, I, I just want to be a part of this thing. And as they sold out, as they gave themselves to God, fellowship flowed between them. And fellowship flowed. I like to think of koinonia as the sunbeam of God. I don't know what else to call it. It's like this huge tube of blessing and relationship and Fellowship. And communion with God. And it's lateral. It's amazing. And we're going to look at that tomorrow. We're going to talk about these two commandments. Lord giving us utterance. And how He measures some things by that. And I think sometimes we get this backwards. We have some practical tools here to to teach us. But I just want to to ask you can can you get enthused about being a part of what God wants to do because this is the whole thing you see the life was manifested and we're just getting started folks this is just stage 1 of an eternity and God wants fellowship and he wants once we get that fellowship he wants witnesses that will take that out. What did brother Grant say? Uh, exponential growth, and I think so often in our churches, and in our own lives, and with our young, you know, even as young people, our activities in our world is just about this big, and we really oh I can't have that or I can't do. Oh boy, you know, and it was so. Why don't we lift our eyes, brethren, sisters, fellowship with God. We're just here for a short time. Just just a time of discipleship, of training for eternity. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. We'll, We'll come back and catch verse... in just a second. This, then, is the message. Now, there's one thing about when life was manifested and it came down in the person of Jesus Christ. I believe he says all through the uh, Gospels and especially in the book of John that I don't say anything except what the Father tells me to say. So when we read red letters, we can know that if we want to know what God thinks about life, just listen to Jesus. And furthermore, let's watch Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. You know, I can't get too broad on this thing. But discipleship is very different than uh, being a, just a mere student. Lecturing is the Greek and American way. It's, it's taking my knowledge and putting it into to Caleb's head or Aaron's head. It's just simply... A transfer of intellect. You walk out and phew, who, who was that person? But discipleship involved a rabbi. And these men would sit around in these yeshiva, I believe they're called, these groups of men. And they would, they would watch him. And they would talk about him. In fact, they would try to walk like him, they said. They, sometimes this got really extreme in the Jewish tradition. As these men, they, liked, they watched him eat. And they would try to hold their spoon just like just like that. And in the context of that, Gamaliel, I believe, was like the, the supreme. I mean, he was one of the greatest. You like to be under him. He was he was top-notch as far as a, a as a rabbi. But isn't that a beautiful picture of what Jesus wants for us? He wants us to follow him. He wants us to learn of him because the life was manifested. And it's in the body of Jesus Christ and all the things that he said and all the things that he did. I think we'll hopefully we'll get there tomorrow or, or sometime this week, but I think that whole thing of John 17, John 14 through 17 was the transfer. I'm leaving. And now he needs someone to carry on the work. And I'm going to empower you with my very presence. But I need you to believe. I need you to believe that I am the life and that that life is the light of men and that there is light in me and no darkness at all. That's what I need you to do. I need to give you to give me your whole heart so that I can use you. And there's going to be an exponential growth. There's going to be a a powerful manifestation of the Holy Ghost. I declare, this then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in, him and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I'm just going to I don't know if this will help or hinder I'm kind of a visual person I'm just going to attempt to I'm not a very good artist unfortunately this is the Father this is the Word this is the Holy Spirit We'll just draw some clouds here because they're up above and we're down below. And this word was manifested. Word became flesh. And this word began to communicate to its disciples, to his disciples. Jesus communicated. So here's John and other disciples. And now John is talking to us. This is us down here and all the believers that come after him. And uh, John is saying, we've seen this. We, we, We saw it. We heard it. We touched it. I'm telling you folks, this is big. It's here. Can you get this? But now I've got some things to tell you, and this is probably going to get too low. Maybe I'll... Uh, um, maybe let's just do it this way. Let's see here. We'll just take a little uh, snapshot out of this word that he's giving us and now this is what he's saying. It's really pretty simple. We have light and we have darkness. is God and this is everything that is against God and he said God is light and in him is no darkness at all now he says if you say you're over here and you're walking over here I think our our younger folks could tell us that something's Not quite right about that. And yet, have you heard some pretty ornate uh, descriptions that allow for that? Yeah, but... and, and And the complexities begin. And the weaving begins. And next thing you know, you're fine. No problem. In fact, the folks that say that, they're just too extreme. You see, this is what the blessing of First John is, is he just puts it out there like it is. He says, folks, we want koinonia. We want the sunbeam of God. We want that thing to be working in the church. We want that thing to be going out and making new disciples. We want you to be a part of this thing. This thing that made people uh, stay up all night and pray. And weep and fast together. And then the house was shaken. And the Holy Ghost came afresh upon them. And then they went out and they said, we will lay down our lives for the gospel. And this thing just grew and grew and grew, not because of some eloquence of man, but because something was happening, something very big. The reality of life was being manifested by the disciples of God. And now we have this tragedy where we have people that are trying to mix light and darkness. He says, you can't do it. You're either going to walk in the light, as I am in the light, or you're going to walk in the darkness. And if you go over here and you say you're over here, you're a liar. It's pretty simple. But, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, that is where we want to be. Walking in the light. Then something happens. We have fellowship. And this is very interesting. We'll hope to get into this tomorrow. I don't know how to draw this big, big line. We're going to come over here. I ran out of space here. He said, then you have fellowship with us. I think that's pretty important. I've always thought, before I did this study, that it said fellowship with God, primarily. And it is fellowship with God, but it's back to this package that he said, they continued in the Apostles' Doctrine, and as we get on to Thursday, Lord willing, and we begin to talk about the Antichrist, and the deception, and this very treacherous world that we live in, there's something very precious that he has, I don't want to ruin all that right now, But you have fellowship with us. And indeed, he says, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. It's a chain. It's the body of Christ. It's the work of God. It's the light of God. It's fellowship with God. How much time do I have? Ten minutes, thank you. Now there's something else that happens. If we walk in the light, as he in the, is in the light, and again, I want to emphasize that he is saying this is something that happens in this person's head. If walking is something that is a decision, walking is a purpose of heart, Walking is a choice. I'm going to walk in the light as He is in the light. Yes, I love Jesus in my heart, but He's got to get down to my feet and I've got to walk after Him. And I've got to cut off and I've got to walk in the light. And there's something that happens as we walk in the light. It says, let's see here, We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ comes over here and cleanses us. That's amazing. That tells me that we have to have purpose of heart. And that there is cleansing power. That God honors this. When we walk in the light, as He is in the light, We have fellowship. It opens up that channel of fellowship. And then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, that's walking in the light, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I'd like to go to the third chapter of John. John 3, let's just start at John 3.16, or John 3.15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, uh, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now he says, this is the condemnation. Light is come into the world. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. It's not that hard to walk in the light. God gives us grace for where we stumble. But God doesn't change our mind for us. He doesn't ply Himself against our will. This is the condemnation. Light came into the world. Men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know what that looks like? But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Praise His name. I just want to encourage us today So often we have this battle with our minds. And somehow we think that we can mix light and darkness. We can play in the gray, so to speak. And it just doesn't work. There's something about light. It's manifest. You see, God made manifest. That whole word manifest is is brightness. It's clarity. It's lack of obscurity. And He says, come over here and walk with me in this. But you've got to be willing for me to shine my spotlight into your heart. And if there are gross things there, you've got to let them go. Because do not be deceived. If you say you walk in the light, but you walk in darkness, you lie and do not the truth. It's a simple truth, brothers and sisters, but it's a blessed one. And for the shame, and for the hardness, challenge of letting go of darkness is multitudes exponential blessing of fellowship with God of reality with God and the pipeline of relationship that just bursts open to our brother and to our sister and to the people of God And tears begin to run down our face. And we just don't care anymore. Take my possessions, Lord. Take me. Just use me. Whatever you're doing, I just want to be a part of it, God. Amen. Amen. Chapter 2, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man does sin, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hereby we do know that if we know Him, excuse me, and hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. And He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Again, this is just this just goes around and around. Love comes in, but this keeping of commandments, this word keep, um, was of interest to me. Um, it means to watch or to guard from loss or injury. You see, when we're in the light, our heart is with God, and we want to protect God's things. And we want to do what God wants us to do. It's not just doing because we're supposed to do it. We're over here in the light. We want to be with God. We want to be a part of what God's doing. And we keep His commandments. We guard them very jealously because we know that they give us life. And we know that we're just in this stage one. And we want to go on to glory with Him. Very briefly, I just want to make mention and I write these things, these things we write into you. He's going to say this more several times throughout this book. These things I write, we write into you, that your joy may be full. These things we write into you, in verse chapter two, verse one, these things we write into you, that you sin not. You see, He's wanting us to be purposed, not to sin. But I just want to close with this thought. I want your joy, joy to be full. Now this is the same joy that that started up there on the hills of Galilee when the when the angels came down at Jesus' birth. Uh, glad tidings of great joy I bring to you. He's manifest. He's here. It started. But as we go on, we see in Luke six twenty three. You can write these references down. That there is joy. Is is I was amazed at Brother Nathan's. Uh, 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 devotional this morning because suffering and joy are hand in hand. And I think there's something about this. I don't know. I don't have time to to deal with this right now. But uh, I think the reason is is because we we sense that the flesh begins to drop away and we sense that our only hope and our only strength is in the Spirit. That your joy may be full Luke six twenty three, and then in Matthew uh, twenty five and fourteen through twenty three, it's the parable of the uh, stewards. He says, "Enter into the joy of thy Lord. You've done well. Fullness of joy." First Peter one and eight talks about joy unspeakable, and we know that joy is a fruit of the spirit. There's this fullness of joy. It starts with the re- realization that God came. He's here. We've got hope. And it keeps on going and it deepens into a relationship with Him. These things I tell you, that your joy may be full. I write unto you that your joy may be full. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, take the bumbling lips of Thy servant and put them far away from thought or view. And may only the word of truth, the testimony, the witness of a life manifested, your life, our only hope. May that be all that we take away from this session this morning. May we just be encouraged to dig a little deeper. May we see you a little more clearly in our lives. May we understand that if there are things down in there that are being hidden, if we are walking in darkness, if we are participating in things, Father, that are not completely light and open, that it's a block to our fellowship. And help us, Father, that we would love Your appearing, love Your manifestation in our lives, that we would hate unrighteousness, and darkness. Lord, I just pray that You would bless this time as we learn together. Bless the brothers who will yet share. Bless all of us together. Melt our hearts. Oh God, we just pray that You would continue to break us and that You would come very near to us in these days. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.